Hello, welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Age of Empires podcast. I'm your host, uh, Lazero, also known as Robert, and I'm joined by Boxer Saint. How's it going, Boxer Saint? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. It's almost like it's the second time we did that intro, kind of. It's, it's a, really similar a little intro. A little bit. The, the, the how you're doing it part, at least. Um, for those who don't know, uh, you can we have a Patreon. You can check it out. It's three bucks a month. Um, you get the pre-show for this, and you get the Age of Empires show, and then you get the Robin Kyle show, which is the bonus where me and uh, my friend, who I think you've actually heard once on this podcast, Kyle, uh, we talk about uh, anything ranging from, uh, I don't know, Legend of Zelda to Pokemon to politics to philosophy all over the place so there you go you get that show and then you get the pre-shows where box saying i for instance this pre-show for this month we talked about books so there you go if you want to hear 10 10 minutes or so 10 to 15 minutes about us talking about books uh yeah consider uh joining the patreon um so uh yeah and the patreon goes towards editing the show blah 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 um anyway with that out of the way um we're gonna get into a momentous occasion i feel like it's been uh on its way, it's been, it's been coming down the pipeline for the longest time. But with free to play happening this weekend, Boxer Saint, you finally played AOE four. I did multiple times, and I almost, for this small period, prefer it to AOE two. Okay, almost. before before we before we get to this one, okay, I think the first thing we have to ask is if is the game significantly different, or or is it not so different from when you played it? in beta it feels smoother so in hindsight i don't know if it was the servers i didn't like in beta or if it was the lack of key bindings like custom key bindings or if there was something else that was off in beta but um the the game just feels a lot better put together a lot smoother to play than back then and i i think like one of the things i'm excited about talking about uh, when because we can we can start getting into your experience now but i think we we don't disagree that i think aoe4 is a great game right just like period point blank i think it's it's most difficult thing is comparing it to aoe2 definitive edition and the fact that many of its player base was that crossover player base or at least that chunk of it it's very hard it's not so great that it would replace it. But now you were having feelings where you preferred AOE 4 a little bit. Tell me why, Boxer Saint. So I don't mind the... People talk about the mobile game type graphics. I don't mind those overblown, large lances, large cartoony. It's not even that cartoon. Let's be honest. Sorry. Like, I'm just thinking of like Clash of Clans and like all those things. It's not even that cartoony. Okay, guys? It's in the, it's in the ballpark. There, it's on the same team, but I don't mind it. I almost like it, like the castles and the, especially the stone walls. Very cinematic. It's very interesting, uh, and the fact that you can like spin the camera uh, all around and get all the different angles. I think that's impressive, just from a texture perspective. You can look at the front of the gate, the back of the gate, you know, the top of the walls. Um, so that's all very interesting, and the. Coming from Age of Empires 2, I do feel like you have a little bit of an advantage over other players because some of the mm-hmm. some of the mechanics, some of the units are similar. You understand castles and town centers are going to be shooting arrows. I don't exactly understand how. Like I feel like maybe they can be ungarrisoned and still shoot. I don't 
I'm still done <laughs> one game like seven or eight. And so I'm learning a few things. You you understand sheep are for food. You understand the deer and the and the shorefish. There's all these little things compared to like for me, I tried to pick up StarCraft two the last few months and everything is new. I don't I don't understand the units. I don't understand what what like the gas is for versus the minerals. Um but in Age of Empires 4, I do understand your upgrades are okay, probably cost Sorry, gold. sorry, you just lost me for a second because like <laughs> I understand that StarCraft is in its it throws too much at you. Or sorry, the speed and I don't necessarily mean I, I'm trying to phrase this very diplomatically because I know I know there's a player base that's like, oh, let's talk about StarCraft 2 again. In StarCraft, when you play your gathering of resources and your ability to build things happens a lot faster, right? Relatively to Age of Empires. Now, Age of Empires, Age of Empires two. I don't think Age of Empires two. I think Age of Empires four. The resource gathering is probably similar. similar. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think what happens is you're able because, like, essentially, you can use minerals for most things, right? Um, but I think I think the difference is is like. Like in StarCraft, the secret is you literally look up how to do a build order for this sieve or well, uh, race in that game. And then uh, then you practice it 500 times and then you can actually start playing. Um, I think you can stumble a lot more in Age of Empires and still be fine in the beginning. Uh, what, what I mean by that is like you'll at least get to play through a whole game. And, and get way, way, way more familiar with the units before you get absolutely crushed by someone, right? When I think in StarCraft, in the beginning, especially if you're not just playing against AI or you're not playing the campaign, which you know I would recommend if you're playing that game, it's like you don't have time to actually learn what any of the units do because you're kind of dead before then. Does that make sense? I think that's fair. And every race has a different unit, literally. Like you, unless you're playing against the same race you are, you don't you're not learning what these guys are doing. You, uh, you play play like, Terran, and that'll be the closest you'll get to to like standard RTS stuff. At least in Age of Empires Four, I know yeah. what knight is, and <laughs> you also have very clear classes of like light infantry and light cav, and heavy infantry and heavy cav. And this, I'm thinking, whatever counters light groups of units counters all of them, and whatever counters heavy groups of units counters all of them in general. And that's nice. Um, I, I think there's the like the there's a couple of sieves that you can v- very comfortably. Tra- I, I think you're right. The point is, is you have such an, like your knowledge from AOE two will transfer over. And I think I think you have a great point there. Yeah, um, and I get the with, I get the feeling of AOE two and the veal veal production veal splits are pretty similar. You know, you don't need to go to wood as early. It doesn't look like, but yeah, still. Can, Depends what, but yeah, mm-hmm. still six or seven on, on food, coupled to gold, you can age up, and uh, and aging up makes more sense, right? It's the there's one tweak that I kind of like and I kind of don't like. I like that you at first I didn't like it. I like that your town center doesn't have to waste production time when you age up. That's because you can keep making villagers. That's cool. What I don't mm. like is you then have to waste villagers making something so then they're not gathering resources so i got to make this like weird calculus of like okay do i use food vills or gold vills or wood vills to build this thing because you know, what true. am i going to make in the next age i need i need more of this resource it 
I think what's interesting is that that's where your your mental math won't quite add up, right? I think your like rule of thumb math works really well, but it's one of those things where like you said you're like seven or eight games in. You're probably yeah. not even the point where that matters yet. Yeah. Um like I I think it's one of those things that, like I I would argue that it's one of those points in the game where you just just have fun and play every sieve and, and just experiment, right? Um but I think I think maybe for you and I mean it's also mentally I mean this is what I know is it's mentally taxing to play like when 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 I was playing a bunch of AoE four games one of the things that I found it was very mentally taxing to like play every different sieve because I'm like oh this is super interesting let, let me try all these sieves out right but by like the fourth or fifth sieve you're like there's way too much new information coming at me that I'm trying to process for sure I tried Mongols today and I don't. I don't get all the I got lost to the computer, even though like, I swore I was destroying it. I was getting some good raids in. I kind of saw like I need to hit some buildings to get gold. And mm-hmm. then but I ran out of gold and then they went like full spears. And I just I couldn't I couldn't turn the thing around. But I'm also collecting all of the stone. I have no idea what to do with stone as Mongols, right? I don't see any keeps. I don't see any stone walls. You I'm build like, your buildings on stone and then you can get certain upgrades for stone all the stone you gather and it it that's the big one right you can like you you essentially get your you get upgrades and better upgrades just using stone so you don't have to use any of your other resources for them well i i missed that and that i think it's on on i don't remember the name right now but it's on one of the buildings like you have to click on it i did see that my blacksmith needed to be close to one of those stone gathering buildings Oh, there's the, yeah, there, there's upgrades that happen with those as well, right? It, like, I, I something on O. There's like an, a letter that starts with O. I don't, I don't. But the movable buildings was cool. I took the yeah, one cool. that like heals you and maybe gives you more speed or something, and I kept moving that to the front lines so that I could <laughs> like be aggressive. I like it. I like it. So overall, otherwise, yeah, otherwise playing English, playing Fr- French, that was very smooth. The French cannons coming out of that like H four seeds workshop thing, they're ridiculous. Just smoking some castles, it was incredible. <laughs> so you're feeling you're feeling the wrath of them saying we have to make siege weapons worse because that's that's an active thing they're trying to do to make things. I could, not I could see best. it. I could see it because they. I think I had two or three cannons and castles just were not standing up at all. I did play. I'm undefeated. On the ladder. Nice. I haven't finished my placement games, but I'm destroying these kids. They do not know. Like I, I was in age four, and this guy was in age two, and uh, just he just did not know what to do. I kept pushing him off gold. I don't think he realized it till late in the game, and he ran to the corner where some gold was at, and he stonewalled himself in, which, <laughs> which is when I learned that basic units cannot break down stone walls. You need siege. So I was like, okay, you know, you bought yourself some time. You can sit back there and hide. So he has two bases and I'm camped out in between them, just like shelling him with artillery. You've definitely, I think I'm going to scratch that itch of playing through the rank games because they have have the rank system now, which is nice. Um, So at least you'll play people around your same rank. I think it's free to play this weekend. (sighs) I was planning to do a bunch of other stuff this weekend, but 
playing ranked games against people that have no idea how to play Asia Age of Empires does sound very uh, enticing. So <laughs> and, and maybe that's what's going on. Maybe a lot of people are downloading it, and I'm playing people from other, you know, other RTS games that don't really know what's going on because or I mean, because this is the thing, right? There's a big promotion. It's on Steam as well, right? So. Like I, you just imagine a Call of Duty player, you know, playing Age of Empires for the first time. Yeah, uh, these, these poor guys. I stumbled upon the English longbow yeah. rush just because. I mean, you just, they get made twice as fast from that little building from Feudal Age. So I made five or ten, and then walked up, started shooting the dude's gold. Then he ran away, and he came back. And I shot him again, and I don't know, just. He eventually shows up with cavalry, so I'll go back, get five spears, come back, smoke his cavalry, and you oh, there know. you go. Bob's your uncle. Um, I think here we can maybe move on a little bit to AOE four news. Uh, we're gonna be touching a little bit on every single game uh, in today's episode, um, but you've definitely enticed me. I think I'm gonna definitely play some ranked games in the next little bit. Um, uh, there was a Gamescon. Um, event aoe4 at gamescon this year um there's an announcement that uh right around the time the red bull tournament's happening right the red bull Bolo tournament happening for aoe2 3 and 4 um they'll be also releasing uh, the new sieves in the game so we're gonna go over those if that is all right with you boxer saying i think i'll allow it that'll be good yeah good I, I one day i want you to just to like take over the show be like no this is what we're talking about uh, no, we're talking about something else. Um, we're not gonna go. I don't. I don't want too too crazy because it can it can extend. Uh, but here, I wonder. Did I did I send you these? No, I didn't send you. I'm gonna send you the links to these here, uh, so we can just talk about them roughly and maybe the units, what they look like, uh, what they might be used for. That might be good. This is this is one of my. I, I have a lot of fun with with these. I, I like I like looking at new civs and just like speculating how they'll be. But we have the Ottomans, which is can I just say like historically, a greatly like I feel underrepresented <laughs> in Western history, or at least in like generally like uh, an empire that very much, you know maybe 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 they talk about during World War One classes, but a little less everywhere everywhere else. But it's definitely. Uh, quite quite uh quite a what's the word a long-lived long-lived yeah quite impressive it just talked about a little less in the west uh the ottoman civilization benefits strongly from the military prowess their imperial council system as well as their unique military school system in age of, age of empires for the civilization of the ottoman spans the years from the pre-imperial ottoman empire of the 11th century to the mid 16th century uh originating in so this is just right in those middle ages late even middle ages uh originating in anatolia the ottomans rose to become one of the longest lasting empires in history with its effective stable government supported by a famously well-trained and regimented army yeah yeah you don't think that this but like 400 to 500 years long having an empire that lasts so long is very very impressive um so playing them in aoe4 before i continue do you have any historical notes about the ottoman empire you want to throw in here i will you know? say that they fought Napoleon yeah, and Egypt. So yep. there's that. And they allied with, yeah, Austria later on. Um, yeah, they, 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 they were quite impressive. I, I'll have to dig into their histories a little more at some, some point. Uh, 
so Ottomans in AOE 4, uh, the Ottoman civilization is heavily dependent on their military expertise, getting the hand in battle with production bonuses and large gunpowder siege weapons available. I'm always, when the, oh my goodness, they, they are having a tough time balancing these siege weapons because they need them to be able to break down walls, but they can't let them just like completely ruin your defensive positions. It's one of those like fine balancing act that it seems like they're not getting right that right now. The Ottomans can appoint powerful visors to their Imperial Castle, which give them access to nine unique technologies. Ooh, each visor is earned over time by increasing production, and strategic decisions must be made when choosing which technologies to unlock. Their unique military school system changes how military units are produced and even allows certain military units to be produced without cost. The unique system allows arms of a longer, larger army than is typical amongst other civilizations. Um, this is the one thing that I think I don't know if you've noticed before, um, but there's there's some civs that have a lot of branches. Not to the point that they're ineffective, but to the point that until they're figured out, it feels like it's hard to get really consistent with the Civ because it's almost like you should use certain ones in certain situations and you shouldn't. But it's like, it just, it, you're, I just feel like sometimes I'm playing, like for instance, the, the Chinese Civ, right? I just sometimes feel it's like I need another 100 like games to like really fully understand which way I should be going in certain situations. And I'm just not there, nor will I get there, you know? Yeah, Chinese um, came to mind just from my limited like one week exposure now. Chinese seem like they could go like in a million different directions all at once. Yeah. And so like when I'm reading this here, there was um, changes how military units are produced, right? So just the way you're producing units like that already feels like it's one of those uh, variables that feels like it has like a hundred other things that can come from it. Okay, let's go over the three units they 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 throw at us at a glance here. Okay, great bombard. Uh, available across many civilizations, well powerful, more likely than other siege units to be destroyed if not properly defended. Okay, so this is a bombard. It looks cool. There you go. Uh, we have a mechter. Uh, the Mechter is a unique horseback war drummer unit that provides an aura buff. Oh, I love stuff like this. We don't do we have aura buffs in AoE 2? I don't I can't think of one. Because it, it like I understand it feels very MOBA-y. You know what I mean? Like MOBAs use them, right? Like League and Dota and stuff. Yeah. But it just seems very natural to have a couple of units that give you buffs of some kind. Uh the buff yeah, can be attacked. Yeah, I know. Uh, the buff can be attack speed, melee armor, or ranged armor. Uh, while only one buff may be applied at a time, it's possible to switch between them after a short cooldown. There you go. I wonder if you can, if like, if you have more of them, does it provide more of a bonus? That's stuff I can think about. Um, and then the last one here, the Sipahi is a fearless light raider horseman unit which charges into battle with vigor their fortitude ability when activated causes increased attack strength for a short period of time at the cost of receiving increased damage from melee attacks Ooh, so you can activate this fortitude ability huh it's that's interesting so essentially you want to activate it just as you engage battle fight archers with it yeah yeah you, you don't want to take something out really quickly that's a good point that's because that's the archers won't have melee attacks so yeah, you yeah. can or, or maybe you're taking out siege and you have to click, hit it really quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, you have you have appropriately designated it. Oh, so that's, that's pretty I'm cool. Undefeated on the ladder. Undefeated. <laughs> undefeated. Yeah. <laughs> we were hoping to have a guest on this week, and we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can uh, get get the guest on next month. But like, maybe I'll just throw into the title of today's episode. Um, 
Undefeated AOE four player joins us. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you go. All right, real cool. And any any thoughts on the Ottomans before we move on to uh, the uh, Malians? I'm, I'm excited. I kind of wish we had Ottomans in AOE two. I know we have the Turks, and that's probably you know the what closest, they're going with there. Yeah. But I, I just like the I like the name Ottoman more than I like Turks. Your, your preference is literally only on what the name is. Let's yeah, it's just more, there's more prestige with Nothing the term to Ottoman. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, there you go. Okay, we're going to move on to the other Civ that they've announced, uh, the Malians. By the way, this is already... Uh, we'll talk about this later, but this is their 10th Civ. But let, let's keep them back in mind. Let's get through the Malians here first, and then we'll talk about... Uh, the fact that they already have 10 civs. Uh, the Malians focus on strong economic play, making gold and spending gold and prefer strategic hit and run tactics with their unique infantry units instead of prolonged military battles. Yeah, I want the civ where uh, I can get economic victory and just win. That'd be great. You just defend long enough to just win. You have you have so much money, you, you like, I don't know, bring the other... The other person's villagers, like, start start fleeing to your, <laughs> your civilization because you you're too rich. That would be called America. Um, sure, uh, but no. My 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 point my point being, it'd be funny if there was a mechanic in an RTS game where you, you at some point, if you like have an X amount of resources more than the other person, their villagers start leaving. Like they just switch sides and they all run towards you. That'd be great. Uh, in Age of Empires Four, the civilization of Malian spans the years. Also, the same. But I mean, it is they're saying. Mali Empire period in the 11th century to the 16th, like also 11th to 16th. But I just think that's kind of the time range anyway for most of the civs in AOE 4, uh, that kind of 500 year span. I know there's some civs that are a little earlier, but I guess if you want to be truly historically accurate, if a civ is like 500 years into the future, it probably should be beating the civ from 500 years into the past. Unless specifically you're in the Dark Ages that go into Roman time, in which case maybe that wouldn't be the case, but I digress. Uh, United from a collection of independent kingdoms, the Mali civilization coalesced into one of the most influential West African empires in history. Really cool. Uh, as well as one of the richest trading nations of all time. Um, yeah, this is another history I don't know too much about, so maybe I'll have to read it and look into it. Uh, playing the Malians in Age 4, the civilization... Uh, of the Malians leverages their influence and economic prowess empire to empower their civilization on a road to victory. They're able to construct pit mines on the top of gold deposits to automatically generate steady stream of gold. Okay, you already have me. I like steady stream of gold generation where I don't have to think about it. And can invest their gold back into their unique cattle food resource. So you put I'm already seeing this where you put these deposits on the gold mines and then you can buy essentially cattle. Interesting. Through the military, it's like the Mongols. Ma- Mongols with their stone pit things as yes. well as yeah, the yeah, yeah, sheep yeah. generator. But now it's gold instead of stone. Which is interesting because then you have sieves that are different sieves that are vying for different resources, right? In certain situations. That's kind of fun. Uh, through their military units, the Malians skew towards those looking for gameplay that focuses on ambushes and hit and run style combat. So also very similar to Mongols. Um, there you go. I, I wonder, it's still one of those things, because I know they had, like, branches of, like, sieves. You know what I mean? Of kind of, like, sieves that are, are under branches. I wonder if the Malians and the Mongols kind of 
are thematically like structured that way but i i'd have to look more into it and have to play them obviously no uh but yeah let's get into uh the units here the musafari warrior the musafari warrior is a female warrior who excels the ambush and stealth tactics is this sorry i don't know if you've seen the trailer have you seen the trailer for the woman king i have not um because it has it has that actress who's like amazing in a couple of shows um i believe she she's in uh, the the suicide squad like she's like the the one who's like in charge of the evil operation and viola davis yeah yeah it's it's her as the lead uh and it's based on a true story and it has female warriors so i'm interested in watching that but i'm wondering if I don't know this is this made me think of that and it's exciting. It looks like a good movie. Uh, anyway, I'll continue. Uh, their lower health and armor offset with high speed and damage, supporting the hit and run ambush tactics. That's interesting. I okay. Can you can you tell me if if you think of it this way? I think there's a lot of things that the designers create that they think are really cool, like niche things that happen. But in general, you'll have one army, maybe two, and you'll fight. Is is am I like off base by saying that? You think about the hit and run, like hit and run, yeah, being a real thing. Like I think hit and run is like the coolest. Like these, some of these are like the coolest concepts, but then like in like actuality, they just don't happen when you're playing. Yeah, I mean, you need to run faster than a horse to do hit and run. <laughs> and if if these if these ladies are not faster than a horse, it's just gonna be hit. Well, it makes me wonder, like, do they have stealth? Like, do they just, like, disappear if they're not moving? Which would be, yes, that would make sense, right? Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. I like that aspect in some games. I think stealth is fine as long as you don't need... Like, the way StarCraft does it is super, super annoying. I think think stealth is fine as long as when when the person moves or, or it's maybe timed a certain way, right? The worst is you can do is make, like, someone unlimited stealth. And then they have to like the other person has to bring a unit to like see the thing. I think that is objectively bad because yeah, that's it, bad. That's it annoying. Mean, it's bad design because of the fact that essentially if they don't have that thing, they just lose, right? Like I, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it needs and, to be if if they introduce stealth to the game, they need to be only when you're stationary. Do you have stealth? And you need to be up against like some trees or something. You can't be standing in the middle of the. And then any unit that gets within so many inches of you needs to be able to discover you. Uh, then we have the Javelin Thrower, which is a skilled skirmisher that replaces the Crossbowman for the Malians as an excellent counter to ranged units. Oh, that's cool. Uh, they deal bonus damage and have additional range when compared to archers. So there you go. So if you're tired of these archer sieves, there you go. Uh, so here's, and have, yeah. here's my thing there, though. Number one, a Javelin. Somebody throwing a Javelin further than an archer can shoot an arrow. I don't, I don't really buy that. Okay, you got you to gotta think like... You got to think uh, like Hercules javelin throne. Okay. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. <laughs> then I guess I could buy into that. If we're playing age of mythology, all of a sudden, my other, there you other go. Well, no, okay. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. I have you, have you seen the Olympics and javelin throwing? No, but I I'm not saying it would be professor. as accurate. I can be convinced that you can throw it farther. That's all I'm I did saying. have a college professor throw in Adelaide across our commons area, and uh, it didn't go very far. 
And it's like a whole like sling type deal that he chucked it with. Uh, my other concern on like a gaming perspective, if these f- folks are replacing crossbows, crossbows counter heavy units. And so this there's a natural heavy unit counter that's gone and replaced with an archer counter. So I'm just interested to see what's going to counter heavy units here. That's fair. Um, I'd like to say that the record for javelin throw is 98.48 meters. So almost a, almost a hundred meters. You know, you know how like the length of what Usain Bolt runs. There you go. That's your record. So in that, in that case, it a hundred percent does not go further. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking up longbows. <laughs> than, than, are, than a bow. Than longbows are bow. 182 to 274 meters. But they hit harder, okay? And that's why they work. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with uh, that. The Donzo is the anti-cavalry hunter warrior of the Malians charging into battle with their spear and shield. They're equipped with a javelin, which enables ranged combat and is automatically thrown at the target when not melee combat. That's cool. This is kind of like can do both uh, depending on the situation. Although I imagine the range is significantly weaker than, uh, than the melee. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like where it's like that ranged is nice for certain situations, but this is probably your melee like unit. This is probably what you're going to want to, you're going to want to read up above. It says, you know, talking about their hit and run style. Mm -hmm. So they avoid lengthy battles whenever possible because of their lack of heavy armor. So I wonder if this will be a very lightly armored unidirectional sieve, you know, like just make a bunch of archers because they counter light infantry. And you're good to go, apart from the javelin thrower. But you know, archers it, and and men at arms or vanguards or whatever they're called, like I, archers I think, and heavy infantry. Or, do you just win? Like, what a Malian's going to do? I I think this is definitely feels like the sieve where you're going to have a lot of units that you're going to like. I think the the what's the skill ceiling for this or the the skill needed to just play the sieve effectively is going to be a lot higher. That's what I feel like. Could be like, I, I think you're probably going to have more units. That's my guess. Um, but you're going to have to just be moving stuff around constantly. To my other off the cuff uh, take with barely knowing this game. Uh, sure. They've got these pit mines together, all this gold, but without heavy infantry and heavy armor, that's where most of your gold goes to. So, I mean, I guess you get siege, but it, it kind of feels like maybe they'll do something like they did with Mongols where, Mongols get all this stone, but they've got to figure out something to do with it. So maybe they use gold in a unique way. Yeah, I imagine so. I imagine since the unit that you're kind of being, it's going to be trickling in. Um, another thing that I'm like curious about is like upgrades, right? Like, is this going to be the sieve where like all of a sudden you upgrade speed enough that you're just like running faster than horses? Um, who knows? I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about this real quick, and then we'll move on for AOE four. Um, they now have ten sieves. How do you feel about the fact that like the amount of sieves is expanding rapidly? Like it does. Like they are going full out the AOE two style of we're just gonna keep adding these sieves. As a new player coming in, it's getting a little bit daunting. Just I'm watching Twitch. I see a guy. Uh, I think the Muslim. I was watching him. Yes. He's playing against Russ and he's killing all these all these deer. And so I typed in chat. Chat was real chill with me. 
like, hey, AoE two player, why are we killing all these deer for no reason? Like, is there not rot? What's going on? So like, no, there's not rot, but he's playing against a rust player. And if they the rust player kills animals, they get gold. So I'm like, okay, that's something to remember when playing against Russ or when playing as Russ. But like everybody has this little unique thing about it. And that's that's cool. But I mean, that's more than I got to figure out to get up to speed on the game. It, it's it's one of those things where like, like, don't get me wrong, but like, I think in AOE 2, you'll learn an archer sieve, you'll learn a calf sieve. You have a fair understanding of the game then, right? And yeah, it gets more complicated from there, but you're, you'll at least be able to play to the standard level, right? You spend most of your time learning the unique units, like one unit for each sieve and what type of unit is it? How do you counter it? How fast is it? How much damage does it do? Like, as opposed to you've got to learn the entire sieve, you know, just not even just to play it. Like, I don't even care to play Russ. I'll, if I if I just wanted to play English, I still got to learn all these sieves to know what they're doing and why. Um, just so I don't get ran. I mean, over. you don't. But if you want to be competitive, you do. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't want to get your sim city destroyed, your castle stepped on, you've got to learn some things. It's you're right. It's, it's daunting to new players, and I think I'd argue it's like this is maybe why AOE two civs never feel as daunting because like you can learn quote unquote as soon as you've practiced archer and captives, like you can play like ten civs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have those under your bag, and even if you don't know what this particular civ does, if you just have an idea of what they focus on. You you're not gonna get surprised overly so you know yeah um maybe that's why I played so much Bohemians with those like blocking projectile carts because people didn't know how to play around them um because <laughs> they're true. like what you can do that that's in this true. game um but no I, it kind of feels to me like you know League, like League of Legends or like Dota where they just add well I I don't know about Dota because I'm not but I I played League of Legends for a little bit. And it's just like, yeah, we, like I think AOE 4 is going with the root of, yeah, these are like all these like unique, like they're essentially characters you can get in other games. You know what I mean? Like we're just going to have a hundred sieves, you know, and it's just going to be like, yeah, you can collect them all. And the, the, we'll have, f- you know what? The plan for this is we're going to get to a hundred and then you're going to have like five that are actually vi- viable. So you only have to learn five. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to that either. <laughs> but I think that's the idea. Right now. It's super daunting right now, but like, you w- when you have a, a a stable player base, you know, having two new sieves come in every so often will will get people excited for the new sieves. And the only thing you'll have to focus on, like once you have the base, is the two new sieves, right? Yeah. So like right now, you're like un- unfamiliar with it, but I think like over time, it'll just be like, yeah, I can play most of the sieves. Pretty much, I know what most of the sieves do. And now for me, it'll be like a new toy to play with every time there's two new sets coming out. Yeah, it's it's catch 22, right? They got to they got to balance expanding, creating excitement for the community with. The learning curve for new players, I will say, though, the art of war tutorials seem to be really good for new players and the English yeah, in start particular, with those. Start with the those, English yeah. in particular, are pretty good uh, for a new player learning the game. Yeah, play play English. Play the play the. Um, you can play the first campaign 
it is it French or English that plays the first campaign? English, I think. I forget what they call it. It is Normandy, so it kind of gets confusing say, there. I feel like it's Normandy for some reason. Um, and then and then you can play the Art of War, and you're probably you can just play that Civ like at the beginning, just get good at that. That'd be my recommendation. Okay, we're gonna move on. You ready? I'm good to go. <gasps> Did we lose Boxer Saint? Oh no, I'm here. Can you I can hear, hear him cut out. This would be a pretty uh, opportune Hello? time. Okay, there he is. How's it going, Boxer Saint? Yeah, I think okay. I was here. I think maybe you. Perfect. Could. Let's go. Are you ready? We're gonna we're gonna move on. Let's go. Uh, AOE three. All I want to say there's an update. Um, and I, it's just cool. They have three new maps. They have a bunch of new cards and balance changes. I just like that there seems to be. It seems like such a supported game. I the community is relatively smaller than the other two games. Uh, but it's really cool that they have devs continuously working on it. There you go. Um, actually, maybe I'll ask Boxer saying this. Um, do you think AOE 1 should have the same treatment AOE 3 does? Like updates and fixes and yeah, things? Yeah, regularly things, yeah. Uh, at it, just looking <laughs> from the number of people that play it, they probably deserve a little more than AOE 3. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It it needs it needs some quality of life updates, regardless. It would be nice. I don't know if it deserves it, but that'd be nice. There you go. I'm um, very excited about seeing it in Red Bull. I I'm excited about that Red Bull. Future, Red Bull oh, I have to make sure. We, actually, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, that's what we're gonna get into now. Um, we're we're still gonna have time. Uh, to go over uh, like preview the Red Bull event which is on October. I think all of them are October 21st. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are all yeah. Red Bull, the legacy tournaments are all ending the 29th, 30th around there. So uh, just be yeah. on the look. I'm sure it'll be on Twitch. People will find it. Um, okay, so, but I, I did want to get through uh, who is currently going to the AoE 2 Red Bull Wololo. Um, so, so far we have uh, invited was Doubt, Leary, Mr. Yo, and the Viper. Qualified due to tournament performance it was Hera, Tato, Villas, and Vinchester. And in the first open qualifier, uh, Kapok, Daniel, MBL, and Nikov made it through. I mean, that. Are we missing anyone from like the big names in AOV two? I was I was looking at that list yesterday, and I was trying to think of anybody that's missing. And I'm, I'm sure there is, but I mean they've gotten most of all most of all the big players. There you go. So uh, that's exciting. I mean, I'm 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 just excited to see this. This seems like a big. T- it's a 200 grand tournament. Um, I think everybody's going to be there. Uh, it's it's gonna be the big if this like Red Bull Wololo kind of feels like our world championship equivalent tournament right now. It does. It's um, the biggest. It feels like yeah. the biggest one. It's the big event of the year. It's the one that they had in the castle last time where Viper had that crazy run. So um yeah, it's definitely exciting to see what they do with it there. Uh A in AoE four, um they had uh BCQD and Lenoc were invited uh, Marine Lord and Viper were invited. By the way, Viper will be playing in both. Um, and then in qualifiers, Rotowolo, uh, Puppy Paw, The Mista, B, Demuslim, Vortex, and Wham. Is Vortex... Um, 
Oh no. Okay. Vortex was, was a Starcraft player. Okay. I, I thought he might've been an AOE too. I, I, I recognize the name. So, you know, uh, but the AOE four will actually be a 300 grand tournament. So I don't know. Uh, cause I, if I'm not mistaken, this is sponsored. Yeah. By, uh, Microsoft, <laughs> right. Um, even though it's a yes. Red Bull event. So, um, this is definitely for both the games. Like, I think they're going to try to make this like a thing. This is going to be like Red Bull Wolo legacy will be like the, the world championship every year right now. Like that's kind of how it feels like. Um, I love it. I think it's great for all the games. Yeah. And I think, I think actually having them at the same time will be good. Um, cause if you can, if you, if, if people just know, like, I think in the future, this might actually be the play um to kind of have them happening around the same week around the same time maybe saturday for one game sunday for another game uh because i think it'll just help both it'll, it'll just add add notoriety to both so yeah um real quick if you are missing out on aoe action uh on september the 10th to the 18th if you know you're you don't want to wait till the end of october September 10th to the 18th, there is the Deathmatch World Cup 5. Um, only player I recognize uh, right here is Tato, so interesting in that sense. Um, but yeah, go check that out. Um, I'm trying to see if there's a Twitch link here somewhere. Uh, I, I can't seem to find it, but I'm hoping that it'll be a, a simple one to find. Um... But yeah, there you go. Uh, so check out Deathmatch World Cup number five uh, if you're itching for the AOE 2 action. All right, uh, Boxer Saint, any other uh, updates or things that I might have missed that you want to talk about here at the end of the show? Uh, I will say with Red Bull, it's interesting. 2021 had three Red Bull tournaments. Looks like Is that- Jan- January, June, and September. And now they've just they're doing one in 2022. So... Maybe they're doing one bigger one instead of three small ones. Because they had... Wow, so you're saying they didn't do... I mean, that kind of... It'll be over a year from between Red Red Bulls. It'll be a year and a month since Heidelberg. It didn't seem that long. This has been a fast year. Yeah, no, that's what's confusing me, right? It just feels like... felt like Heidelberg was like February. Right, but it wasn't. It was, it was like September nineteenth was the last day. And that that is so quick. But I, you know what, this might be for the best. Um, I mean, I, I'd rather have one big tournament than three small ones. I'd rather I, have I one think, big season-ending yeah. event. Yeah, and, and have other stuff build up to it. Right, that might be yeah. the way to do it. Yeah. Other that's how they are doing it this year. It. Yeah, all the I other ones are feeding up to this. Because then, then you don't like. I, I you kind of suffer the the tennis paradox, right? There's like four major tournaments, but it's like which one's the most important one, and they have to like argue about it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here it's just like, no, this is it. This is your big tournament. You got two hundred and three hundred grand on the line. Go watch it. There you go. Yeah. All right, boxers. I think that's we'll end the episode today here. Um, if you want more, uh, I guess content in general uh you can check out the patreon or uh i don't know if you're interested in pokemon or if you're interested in uh rock league or 
I don't know, other stuff that you can go check out our other stuff. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you in a month's time where we'll preview that big event of the year. So there you go. Uh, thanks for being on again, Boxer Saint. Yep. Thanks for having me. Peace.